made it into anything, a cafe, a, you know, a fish and chip shop or, a, you know. Mm-hmm. So I decided to go with burgers and that was luckily enough the start of the movement, which um, yeah. the whole Melbourne burger trend took off during that time. Welcome to another episode of the Open Pantry Podcast. I'm your host as always, Sean DeVries. I hope this episode is finding you well. Now, if you're wanting to start your own food business, now this is going to be a fantastic episode for you to tune into. One of my best mates, DJ Richards from Bowling Canteen, the burger extraordinaire of Melbourne. This is a great 30 minutes. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Open Pantry Podcast for yet another episode. It is so great to have you on. I hope everything is well where you are listening to this podcast from. This is such an exciting day yet again. I know I say that every episode, but this time it's so, so exciting because I get to interview one of my best friends, DJ Richards from Baldwin Canteen. DJ, how you doing, my friend? Thanks for having me, Sean. What an introduction. <laughs> you know, you're, my best, <laughs> my, you're my best friend as well. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I'm glad we got that important stuff out of the way first. Um, now, DJ, we've, we've known each other for about three years now. Yep. I knew you. When um, when you started uh, Heroes Burgers Diners, uh, when was that? Well, must have been three or four years ago. Yeah. We're going to get into that in a bit. Now, people don't need to research about you. We usually go into an origin story first. But, you know, if we um, if people want to research all about you, they can do that at the end of this podcast, which I'm sure they will. But I know that so many people hit you up because you are one of the Burger Kings in <laughs> Melbourne for sure. Um and and I ask you, you know, how did you get started? How do you start a business, DJ? Yep. Like, why don't you talk about how you got started yep. in the industry and started your business? And I think that'll give a really good indication of how people can start too. You know, becoming a chef for over ten years now, like it's kind of gave me gave me a bit of a broader aspect and diff- different types of cuisines. So I ended up, mm-hmm. I ended up now doing burgers because it's something which you know. Everybody kind of loves this. It's very casual. Yeah. Um, and you can kind of like be very creative as well, you know, mm-hmm. doing so. So, yeah, I started, mm-hmm. started doing burgers since 2015 mm-hmm. and now operating at my second venture, which has been pretty good. And, yeah, like you said, a lot of people, you know, ask me how, how they can go about starting their own business. And, yeah, I yep. normally just give them – some common tips and advice and one of which is, you know, do your due diligence and just um, either work for somebody, just get as much experience as possible, mm-hmm. even for free on the weekends, just work at a local cafe and just, you know, see, just absorb it and then see if that's what the path you want to go down because it's not easy end of the day. No, it's definitely not. Do you, do you think a lot of those people who, who ask you and say, you know, DJ, like, I want to have what, what you and your beautiful wife have, like, with a, such a successful business, do you find those kind of people who ask you, have they, are they coming from the industry? Are they coming from outside the industry and maybe don't understand it yet? Or um, Yeah, a bit of both. Like, some of them, mm-hmm. a lot of them I've worked, I've worked with over hundreds of chefs, so they all, are, yeah. they, all, they all have the ability to do so. But then, sure, like, not, after they're typical full-time hours they don't want to do anything extra outside of work which is you know the time when you need to put into action if you want to create something yourself you know like you could be working Mm -hmm. for somebody but then on the side you're doing your side hustle 
And that's what it's yep. all about. Like to me, it's all about that side hustle. Mm-hmm. So when when you opened Heroes back in 2015, yeah. like what what made you want to do that? Were you just so were you so excited about that site and you thought it was going to work or did you have the concept first and yep. knew that was going to work so it didn't really matter? Like how did you go through that process? Yeah, so based on my experience, like I, I find I found the location first, which is the, mm-hmm. area, the area I kind of grew up in and um, yep. found a nice space and looked at it and I could have obviously made it into anything, a cafe, a, you know, a fish and chip shop or a, a you know, mm-hmm. so I decided to go with burgers, and that was luckily enough the start of the movement, which um, yeah. the whole Melbourne burger trend took off during that time. And yeah, mm-hmm. so we were fortunate enough to have met a lot of people who also were brand new to the social media influence stage, mm-hmm. and today they're quite successful themselves. So we were lucky enough to be on board very early with them. Create that, mm-hmm. create that rapport, which you know money can't buy today. When, um, when that first started, and that's the sort of time that I met you as well. I think probably even the first six months of you guys opening yeah. Heroes, and it was through Instagram as well. And I'm certainly no influencer, yeah. but um, but I was lucky to catch up with you both that day. Like, do you think the influencer market has now? How do you think it's actually changed in those four years since you started Heroes? Oh. That's a good question. Well, mm. I don't think it's changed. Like the the ones mm-hmm. who are um, in the early stages of doing it are still getting a lot of traction and insight, mm-hmm. and they're they're well known in the industry. Um, yep. Probably like twenty in Melbourne or so. Yeah. And there's a lot of up and comers, like even this year, who feed off the early um, early people. So they kind of like, you know, they're not afraid to. That's the beauty about Instagram. Like they're not afraid to DM people and ask them for help. And even the yep. everyone's just so humble and helpful. Like there's a small community who they they all go and to the events together and you know shoot um, photos together and talk about the mm-hmm. food. And yeah, there's a few handful of businesses that you know if done right they can actually take advantage of you know how good it is. So let's. Let's stick on that point because I think that's a really good sentence you just used, if it's done right. Yeah. Like how do you think the restaurateurs, the cafe owners, the fast food owners who are listening to this can actually use influencers correctly without getting ripped off or without feeling like they're just coming in for free food and not getting the traction that they deserve? Yeah, well, you hear a lot of stories like that, how influencers Mm. don't really – you know, they take advantage of businesses. They don't really bring any value to a business. But like I said, if done correctly, like you do your homework, you you research the influencer, you you ask around, especially, you know, you ask people who you trust who have been in the industry for a while. Mm, sure. The same names will, will keep popping up. So you kind, mm-hmm. of, you kind of gauge like who you can, you know, help grow your business. And mm-hmm. yeah, so it's, it's just a matter of... Um, asking around or if not you take low small risks you know and sometimes it'll pay off sometimes it won't if it does pay off it'll pay off in a huge way because you know if they have a great following people will come to you which we've found and have asked for the same you know food item that they've ordered you know because it's mm. it's like really you know something that 
they, they enjoy themselves. So, yeah, mm-hmm. just about choosing the right ones. So I think, like, when I've seen you develop these relationships with these guys and girls in your store, like, it's just so obvious that it's a real it's a real partnership and friendship that you've developed with these guys for the last three or four years, which is really unique. I don't see that in a lot of hospitality businesses with the influencers. Like, do you think, do you, is that how you sort of see it? Like, it's just a, it's a friendship that actually has to have a business transaction and, you know, just has a business transaction involved or? Um, what do you mean exactly? I, I think that I was just, end of the day, it's just about being a, a, a good operator and a nice operator yeah. offering yeah. offering value to them. So I think mm-hmm. to me, it's not about just profiting the, the business. It's more about just building a community and doing, mm. what, doing what we love and our passion speaks on our product and their passion is enjoying our products. So it's, we have the same, you know, alignment. Yeah, for sure. I understand. Yeah. And how are you like, how are you working with them? Like, are you are you developing new menus and new concepts in order to give them content to use? Because obviously, influencers who are so big, the one thing they need is more like great content. Like, yes. is that one thing which you continue to try and feed them? Yeah, it's a win-win. So basically, because I've known them for so many years now, they're not. It's not based on price and. And that's what you get for it. Now it's more about how can we help each other build our own, you know, um, portfolio, if you will. So yeah, sure. They want to. They come up with some interesting food concepts, and we we try and deliver that for them within reason. Like you know, without even being too out of you know out of something out of the ordinary. Like we want to keep what we what we think is still going to be a good product end of the day. If um if you're gonna start a venue a new venue today and you didn't have the relationships with the influences that you've had over the last four years, so you started from scratch. Yep. How do you think you'd develop those relationships with the influencers? Do you think you would use the same process of DMs and, and contacting through that way and inviting them in and trying yeah. the product and all that kind of stuff or Yeah, that's a very good question. So mm. I would host Possibly um, some open like nights where they come in before nice. before opening and just like getting mm-hmm. them to try some of the food, getting getting their feedback because cool. yeah. you're always elevating your product, so you want to get you know some insight from what what they've basically they've tried everything around Melbourne, so you want to see what level you're at in comparison to others. So you kind of set you know they give you the standard and then. Yeah, for a first timer, I'll definitely just uh, host a few events, you know, and then hit up a few of them, DM, DM them, mm-hmm. and just say, you know, will you be interested in coming to a private party and giving us some feedback? And so, you know, we can always improve, I guess. That's an awesome idea. Yeah. Like, you know, because you want to give them exclusivity, right? Like, yeah. you still want to give them that, you know, that red velvet sort of rope experience, like, we want your feedback and we value it. So yep. it's a it's definitely a win-win situation. Like yeah. when when you've done that before and when they're coming in and I know you've had relationships with them for a long time now, like what kind of feedback are they giving you? Because it'd be yep. extremely honest. Like what, what are they telling you about other other venues around Melbourne? Yeah, well they're saying like, you know, I, I generally I ask, you know, which ones are popping up, which are new. Sure. So, so, so they're yep. always in the know of what's coming and you know. So we kind of set the trends early. Um, 
mm. like for example they know what products are kind of like in you know popular at the moment like biscoff and um mm -hmm. then we we quick create you know products around that particular ingredient so generally mm -hmm. generally we just bounce off ideas of each other and then we we build new um new menus and products around it Now, you guys are open five days a week. I know yep. you're open from Wednesday to Wednesday to Sunday. Correct. That's that's a lot. You guys work every single day in your business. You work long days, you know, from start to finish. There's no, you know, four 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 hour shifts yeah. that you guys are doing. That that's a really tiring thing. Like, how do you uh, yourself? most importantly, keep yourself fresh in order to understand the menu that needs to be delivered and changing all the time in such a competitive market? Like, how do you actually keep yourself fresh, DJ? Um, I think it's just more the passion. Like, that speaks for mm. it. So we're, we're there, you know, five days a week, like you said. Mm. You know, we, we're there usually from 9 a.m. Don't get out till 9 p.m. So that's a full, yep. that's a full day. Because mm. um, we make everything in-house, um, mm -hmm. we, we, we kind of set that standard early on, um, mm -hmm. like from our breads to our sauces yep. to even the simple things like even sometimes we make our own barbecue sauce, you know. So, yeah, wow. You know, it's everything is heavily done in-house and our donuts, which, you know, are, are up there. So, we, we, Absolutely. Have, to, we have to spend those hours in the in the shop because it can't be done if we just come in for you know basically open the doors and start, mm -hmm. start service we can't do that you know mm -hmm. but we we generally get monday tuesdays to to do research developments and it's a good break to have for the five day working five day push you know yeah exactly yeah, exactly now talk to me about these donuts because you know i've loved your donuts for so Thank many you. years right and and I, even though we live, I live close to where your shop is, as you know, yeah. and I try and stay away as <laughs> much as I love you because I know I'm going to walk away with donuts. <laughs> Now, how did, how did that actually eventuate? Because a, a, a burger place yeah. that makes its own buns is an amazing thing, but one that also makes its own donuts. Like, I don't know anyone in, who's doing that in Melbourne, DJ. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't think there is, right? So how did making your own donuts actually come about? Yeah, well, that's a good question as well, Sean. So the donuts kind of was also a trend that was happening around 2016. Mm. Um, no one really took the game any further since Krispy Kreme opened. Donut time opened yep. straight after. But then mm -hmm. they went through the whole, um, you know, employment problem. Mm -hmm. problem. Yep. So, then what, yep. so then no one's really taken the next step and being like, okay, I'm going to step in and do – do something like Daniel's Donuts. Like, they're, they're pretty good as well. Yep, yep. But there's no medium-level um, entry kind of business. It's just providing it for the locals, which, you know, we, we added that to our um, business model just because we we came up with a 50-year-old recipe from my dad, who's a baker. Wow, wow. And we tweaked it a bit. And, um, yeah, it worked so well that we it was silly for us not to, not to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's such a good um, product that he's created and we've just kind of like made it into a modernized version really and how do you balance and this is for your whole menu yep. but just talk about your donuts for a minute like i'd imagine that you you obviously have a lot of flavors and i know you do that but but how do you balance that sort of bringing in new product mm. with also keeping the favorites so you know people are gonna are gonna normally get right yeah like how do you how do you balance that to make sure you don't 
annoy customers who have come in for something before and you don't you don't have it anymore yeah well that's the thing like we normally get a lot of um feedback so that's we talk to bloggers we talk to influencers mm -hmm. we talk to even our valued customers like we ask a lot of questions on instagram where they get a lot of involvement and engagement so mm -hmm. a lot of it's basically their their idea like um, we ask for what thick shake flavors people like, what donut flavors people like. So we get the majority vote and usually we put our own spin on it as well. So it's a bit of everything in one and keeping the classics so that doesn't really annoy anybody as well. It's very crucial. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Is it, do you think like we've talked about everything about your business yep. revolves around the both of you just being so self-aware about your own business, but also using the power of social media and the power and trust in your customer base yep. in order to tell you what they want. And then you guys actually delivering on that in pretty much real time. Like, can you imagine trying to do this business in like 2005 when it didn't exist? Like, yeah. Have you, have you thought about that kind of stuff? Yeah, or all the like, time. It's just so beneficial, you know? All the time, like my wife Adela, she's in the business 24-7. Mm. So mm. We, we challenge each other every day with like random questions like, like that one. Like how would it have been like without technology? Like it would have obviously mm. been a slow burn. We wouldn't have as much engagement in, in the one-year mark. Like our parents own businesses who it's taken them 20 years to to build an audience like we've built in like one year and that's yeah. heavily social media influenced um mm -hmm. yeah so we ask each other that question all the time i think in 2005 it would have been a lot tougher mm. um, but then again there's also some pros as well because you know mental illness wasn't as big back then i don't yeah. know it's good because point. a lot of chefs you know they'll, they'll grind do, do their best every day yet there'd still be some someone that would you know, kind of like put them down and that's enough for them to today to, mm -hmm. to do like something that's going to cause a lot of heartache for their own family. So, yep. you know, back yep. then the technology didn't, you know, override like feedback, you know, like yeah, now, I understand. now like a small feedback can make or break someone. You know? Super interesting, isn't it? How, how you guys, you know, you would get a ton of feedback. Yeah. And not all of it, you know, as great as you guys are, there's there's always going to be the old person who's annoyed at something for whatever reason. Yeah. Like, but you guys are using it to your advantage and looking at the positive and growing your business, which I've always, um, I've always respected because not every business owner can do that. So I think that's a great thing. Yeah, well, luckily enough, like we, we rarely get any, you know, negative feedback but the mm. ones that we do like it, we, we use that to to, to ha make create a better products like yes. for example yeah. if someone said you know our donuts aren't sweet enough you know so we can mm -hmm. we can easily you know add some sugar to to create that extra sweetness like it's it's end of sure. the day we, we're trying to create a product that's gonna give majority of the people you know Happiness. happiness it's always yeah. going to be one person <laughs> or someone who's probably you know still against it no matter what so we just sure. you don't let that get to you end of the day hmm. it's probably not even the product that's affected them it's probably something else so you yeah, can't take everything totally to heart you can't take everything to heart mm. yeah now i know you guys went away for a well-deserved um holiday overseas yeah. um, the other month now did you come back what kind of ideas did you come back with 
um, food-wise for the business yep. that you're, you're really excited about launching since you've been back? Yeah, well, it's good to go away from the business because you kind of get to reflect and, you know, know what where your next steps are. Because if you don't, you're just kind of, you know, stuck in the same time zone, really. So you want to step mm. step away, look at what you did right, what you did wrong, and how you can improve on that. But some mm-hmm. of the things that we, we were thinking about were, like, those, those New York cookies, how we can, you know, create that into our brand. Um, yep. You know, there's always new products where we want to kind of, you know, test out and see the f- feedback, like collab with different types of people as well that, mm-hmm. uh, in, you know, that also give, giving them opportunity. Like right now we're working with the chocolate chip who, you know, yep. she's, she's very um, startup, a startup cookie company. So mm-hmm. they've, they've been very, very helpful. Um, early days Helpful. right now mm-hmm. yeah like very mm-hmm. like right now she's very at the prime stage where mm-hmm. things are going to get bigger and better for her and we want to help her you know with that so yeah we're always looking to collab with people and looking to to do our own new products but then again there's always um capacity as well because sometimes it gets a bit difficult running um delivery platforms as well as in-house and yeah, it's a, it's a lot going on, right? Yeah, it's a balancing act. <laughs> very, very, very is, difficult at times. Is that how do you how do you manage that, DJ? Because you're such a creative soul, right? Yeah. And and you have so many ideas all the time. Mm. Like, is it a case in point that you write a lot of your ideas down so you don't forget them and you know you're going to come back to them later, yeah. or are you just or are you constantly testing? Like, how do you sort of manage that creative process for yourself? Um, that's that's a tricky one because sometimes I I'll be thinking, I'll just think of an idea and yeah. then I kind of just put it in my phone for later um, mm-hmm. like it could be something really silly but then I think about it over a few days and then I'll try and make it work um, mm-hmm. sometimes it's something which I've probably seen on a TV program then I, I tweak it to make it like into you know our, something that would fit into our brand so it's just the time mm-hmm. and place where I'm at and what I'm thinking about or what inspires me, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are killing it at the moment in relation Thanks. to so many of your products. Um, you're highly respected. You've got a great customer base. You've got a group of influencers who absolutely love you. Um, and not just because they get exclusive with your food. Like I, I've seen those relationships develop. Yep. Um, what do you guys want to do next, do you think? Do you think it's another different type of venue or... How are you sort of working through that process at the moment? Yeah, well, right now this is, um, I'd say, year four because mm. two years in the first venture and this is the second year in our second venture. So it's yep. very early days for us still. Um, yep. Like between Adela and I, we're, we we can't believe how much we've accomplished in such little time. Like we, we a lot of people think we've been around for over 10 years, but really it's only, yeah, it's only four. It feels it. Yeah, it feels like mm. it, but it's only, mm. it's only our fourth year really in business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 15 years working for other people but four years for ourselves so the next step for us could obviously be start like building an empire i guess you know getting, yeah getting, sure. getting other operators just like us on board mm-hmm. possibly creating our own food truck park or mm-hmm. you know there's, there's there's so many options and concepts that we have that we could we wanted to open numerous things and bring melbourne like up to speed with like america and stuff so you know, there's so much we we could do with 
We just need like a, a team behind us now. So that's the next five years. We're going to pretty much look at building that. It's great. Man. Yeah, I, th- I think um, it's always a challenge when I've seen people of like high caliber, high talent who are really killing it in the hospital game. The biggest thing is uh, the the hardest thing for them to manage that I've seen. Mm-hmm is they get offered so many different things from so many different people. And the power of saying no is such an important thing. So um, I think you guys can do anything you want to do in a a really positive way and it'll be successful. It's just, um, it's so exciting to see where you're going to go next. It's so hard to pick and choose, like, you know, and you want to disappoint, you know, opportunities, like people that come up with opportunities, you know. Mm. Like it's it's very difficult for us. Like like you said, we get things thrown at us every day, and we kind of like, you know, need to slow down the pace because we have to sure. we have to always remember we're still early as well. Even though we started mm. the movement five years ago, but we're still very early in terms of our own business mind. You know, we've got mm-hmm. so much to learn ourselves. Our skills are there, but business wise, like we we've got so much to learn from everyone around us. Yeah. Yeah. One one important question. I was I was reading a really good article with the restaurateur today, yeah. and and I wanted to ask you because I think it's really poignant for such a creative person like yourself. Mm-hmm. How do you determine the difference between a trend, which is which has obviously got some some tail in it, yep. it's going to be long term, versus a fad in food? That's a very good like, question. I pick my brain all the time with that too. Yeah. <laughs> Is it is it literally just a guess and just learn behavior, or it's a lot of? Is there a method to it? It's a lot of research. Yeah, I I guess you have to look at who's the front, which country is developing that product first, and see how long it's been around for. Mm -hmm. We always look at the United States, right? Like we see, okay, waffles and chicken. Has how long has that been around for? Is that it's not a trend anymore? If it's been around Mm. five years, so you you can kind of Mm -hmm. gauge, you know. Some things that can can be lasting, but then some things you know straight off the bat. It's just that you know, it's not going to last forever. Like fairy floss on a you know, on a stick. You know what I mean? Like, yes. like that stuff is around for years. But if you turn that into a food item, you know, it's not going to like have that kind of I don't know structure to to, to yep. create a business around. I, I don't think anyway. Maybe at a market stall. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you've got to find something that's more um, substantial that's going to create a product into another product and then develop that way. Sure. Yeah. Um, my final question to you will be, is there is there one trend mm-hmm. that you're seeing coming through now in the sort of burger donut space yep. that you think is actually going to come through and, and be a normalized product soon? Um, yeah, like, like I said before, the cookies... Uh, mm. The cookies trend looks—it's going to become really big in a year or two. You'll see mm-hmm. a lot of cookie stores opening up, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, this is going to take off. Like the donuts stores have taken off for Krispy Kreme and for Daniel's Donuts. So I think yeah, there's a market for cookies. There's a probably a market for maybe let's let's think about this. Um, I'd say. A lot of Asian food will probably turn into like mm-hmm. simpler, like and then turn into products. So right now they're all like Asian dishes or something like that. Mm-hmm. So maybe they create some products out of that. Just like we had that um, 
that tart, you know, that lemon tart or something like that. Yeah. yeah, like a Portuguese tart, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, I so think they start doing I Japanese think... tarts. And then, mm-hmm. But there might be a small little bakeries that open up that specialise in one or two products like that. Yeah, it's it's quite interesting that uh, being an ex-baker yep. myself yep. and obviously you loving baking, mm. it's so exciting for me to see bakeries and sort of products of bakeries becoming actual brands in their own right. Yeah, how good is that? They're a really powerful thing in the last five years. Like it's it's so exciting that people have come back to sweet products and actually treating themselves with good quality products. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like if one um, if a business does one product really well, that's that's kind of enough, even though you want more revenue streams coming into the business. But yeah. if, you, if you do one product that's the best in, let's say, Melbourne, then you know that you're going to stand out. And the way to do that is to to hone that skill every day. Just like, like butter bean cookies when that came out, that was from a, yep. that was from a single garage um, operation. And then, mm-hmm. you know, now they've got warehouses to and offering like hundreds of stores, hundreds of stores in um, Melbourne. So just learn one product and do it well, like the croissant, mm-hmm. like the croissant took off for Loon. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like you said, you take one product out of a bakery, do that well, and then you, you see where it goes. Yeah, to see if it works. You never know till you try, right? Yeah, there's hundreds of things. It's just, a, it's just how much time are you willing to put into it, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's the most important part, isn't yeah. it? It's just the amount of time and energy you can put into it yeah. to how long you'll actually last the industry. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, just not to give up, I guess. Yeah. DJ, um, thank you so much for your time. No I know Adela. Adela is a major part of the success of this business as well, so I want to give daps to her. Thank you. Um, I don't know. <laughs> please. Um, I might get a free donut next time. Yeah. Um, now, what's the best way that people can find out about your amazing business in Melbourne? Um, yeah, we're on Instagram and Facebook under Baldwin mm-hmm. Canteen. So just look, at, look us up. Um, we, we're, we normally um, can answer all the DMs like mm-hmm. pretty quickly. So don't be shy to ask if you have any questions like, in terms of you starting up your own business, we're always happy to consult. Or if you know, mm-hmm. if someone wants any feedback on what they should do, like we're always, we just want to see everyone win around us, you know. Amazing, man. And that's uh, that's what the industry needs, yeah. more people like you who want to lift other people up. It's an amazing thing. Thank you. Appreciate that. DJ Richards, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Sean. I'll catch you Cheers. soon, buddy. Thank you. Cheers, man. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Open Pantry Podcast. I hope you really enjoyed the episode. As always, make sure you give us some feedback on Instagram on under Open Pantry Consulting. Till next time, have a great day.